is the Sounding Board Podcast with Hachi and Damo. Thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Good to have your company on the Sounding Board for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. This is episode 21 of series 7 of the Sounding Board for Drinkwise. Damien Barrett, Craig Cutchison with you in the South Bank Studios. And um, good result for me. It's you, Hachi, who's in the news this week, and we have to start there. How are you? Hello, Damo. Nice to see you. How you been? How's your week? Uh, week was quieter than the past couple, Hutchie. Yes. Although we're talking on this particular you Monday. You stayed off Media Watch for a week, which well, was good to see. We don't know, do we? Because uh, yep. they've had two consecutive week cracks at it. Um, we're talking Monday afternoon before you go in and do your footy classified commitments. So you I know don't what know. I reckon the move would be for you. Tell me. And for Sportsbet, I would do now a parody of Media Watch. <laughs> And have you appear in that. That would be the ultimate act of uh, laugh at yourself. A media watch parody where, like, one of the sports actors is playing the role of the host and the over the over-accentuated voices. Which we did last week. Yeah. <laughs> and got good, be, some, some good feedback too. That would be the next week. Yeah, um, so that's I, a good idea, actually, because I've, um, I was going to bounce an idea I had, uh, a commercial idea, which is not, on, not, not usual oh, for whoa, me. Yeah. Whoa, whoa. Don't fall off your chair. Hang on, hang on. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> Try and balance up here. It's taken you 15 years, but I'm getting Wow. Um, which I won't yet reveal to our listeners, but I've got an idea out of all of this, actually. A commercial idea, which I think is a, no, a no-brainer. everyone would be fascinated. Yeah, they this. would be. But I just need to work on it a little bit. I, oh. I, I think it's a no-brainer. And I think you'll like it. You're going to make the AFMA Awards nights interesting. That'd be a step forward. <laughs> That'd be a big breakthrough. <laughs> what, did you, what did you call it last week? A pie night. Pie night. Pie night. Are you going to come this year? Yep. Yep. All right. I've already been hit up for the sponsorship. There was an underwhelming yeah. pitch. Was there? Yep. Who, who made? Oh, I don't, don't know. Don't. But I went back with a counter proposal, as you'd expect. Right. And we'll see what happens. Hey, uh, okay. let's start the conversation for Mosh Men's Online Health Program and Platform Making Health Easy. Uh, where would you like to start? Providing Aussie men, by the way, the clinical treatment for hair loss, sexual health, and more. Well, there's only one place to start today, actually, and, and I've been inundated. You, look, we know a lot of people in Perth. Um, we got to know a lot more people when we were both over there for the uh, finals. You were getting champ. lobsters delivered by the I mayor. I was getting lobsters delivered by the mayor. I was making new friends. And, and a lot of those friends have checked in this week because of the coverage of your good yeah. self over in the local media. And, oh, my goodness. How, how are you? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm good. Are was, you sure? Yep. It was, I uh, thought I had a bad week last week. Yeah, even I reckon b- it might have been 1% of what you may have been through. Even on our standards, it was on the sharp end, it's fair. But okay. all of it fair and reasonable, by the way. So, well, For those who don't know what we're talking about, no um, problem th- th- this, and I'll give some context to this in a moment, but but there's a, there was a back page headline of the most dominant um, media product in the in the state, in the, per- in the city of Perth anyway, the uh, West Australian, written by uh, Craig O'Donoghue, a journalist yep. known to, to people here in Melbourne, a very good journalist. Um I don't know where to start with the headline, but it was these lines are on it. No finals, no CEO, no coach, no idea. Now, there's a question mark after no idea. There's another massive headline. I'm going nowhere. And then a little subhead, Hutchison's message to furious Reds fans. And then, and then this is the bit I like the most. I think you were papped. You were wearing a suit, you had a red tie on, and you were on a, at a big strut up. And yet, in motion, and I, I reckon it was a pap shot, Hutchie. I'm were not, you not papped? really ready to laugh about it just yet, okay. Damo, but thank you for doing that on my behalf. In a month's, in a month's time or even a week's time, could you laugh about the pap bit? Were, were you papped? The West Australian had a, I assume it was a stringer, at the front of the building here. Right. Uh, here? No, one of, one of the- Oh, so um, it was taken in, yeah, it was in, in Melbourne, that yeah, shot? Yeah. Oh, so, I thought you were over in Perth No, I, they, were, they were very respectful how they went about the photo, so I did. I played ball and it was fair enough. Oh, hang on, you got, you got a tip off. That... I was f- coincidentally on the phone to the West answering a question and they said, 
heads up if you walk outside, you'll probably notice our photographer there. So oh, can you, really? Yeah, so you make so, sure. So you then went downstairs well, and. I might as well rip the band out off here and get it out of the way. <laughs> so there you go. So you destroyed the club, though, I've read. You've destroyed no. the Perth Wildcats, the, the, the most famous sporting please organization. Don't, please don't use that language at all against us. I won't stand for it. All right, I'll, I'll be serious then. Yep. For those who don't know the story, yeah, you, 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 no, let me just set it up. You, you took over the ownership of it um, after they had made the organization 35 consecutive playoffs, and then they didn't make it this year, and the CEO was, was moved, and the coach then decided to stand down. And the locals who, who who feel it is their club, it is their community club, yep, right the Perth so. locals, rightly so. I mean, it's it's a, it's a famous sporting franchise, and I mean that. I'm not trying to get a rise out of you. It is one of the more famous Australian sporting organisations, and you're wearing the brunt of what happened. And that's okay. I'm happy to be unpopular if we win. Like ultimately, it doesn't matter. It's not a. I'm not running for parliament here. We're trying to build a great. Um, we're trying to build upon a great, unbelievably great legacy. And so, if it's if I'm seen as unpopular or we are, that that's okay. If but you're unpopular because they didn't make the playoffs. Well, I think we're. I mean, I I sound like we're making excuses again. So I've just talked at length about the circumstances, but I'll address a couple of things. So the senior coach has a undeniable family health reason for needing to leave, and he expressed that, and that is his private health matter. That is not. Um, best not spoken about on scale because of the respect of the people and the care that is being provided. So that the Perth public were wonderful in those that knew in some of our partners in helping provide that support. Ultimately, there's a uh, another. Um, ultimately, there's a family matter that needs attending to. Yep. It was unfortunate timing for us in that we are only three months away from the season, and it happened in the same week as the CEO. And if I'm the journalist in the paper, don't worry, we're writing it the same way and the same story. I have no, uh, and then there's actually genuine um, uh, passion and unease among the Wildcat fans about yep. us as new owners and then the, missing the finals. And but like I went back over it again. We had we began as owners late. The coach arrived close to the season. We spent most of the summer on the road. Still won 16 games. Not enough. Lost 12. Would have made 10 finals, I think, beforehand. Didn't get it done, didn't make it, should have made it, didn't defend well enough at the back end of the year. And then, and the, and the team list was obviously put together a little later than normal because of the change of ownership last year. So a whole bunch of circumstances, but no one cares about that. We've got to make the finals. We didn't. The passion of the fans is unreal. Yep. Never seen, there were not, a, not many clubs in Australian sport would unlock this type of emotion and passion. And that to me says the Red Army are wonderful. They're invested, and so am I, and so are we. We will get a new coach. We will get it right. There has been um, some issues off court that predated us that we've needed to work through, and we've now done that. And I guess the proof of the pudding is in the eating. Is that the correct saying? So until yeah, we, you can get away with that one. Yeah. Until we win and win often and regularly and for many more years, there will be, I guess, that uh, understandable concern when new owners come on. Again, you won't want to say this, but I, I did watch the press conference or the media presentation of the coach, Scott yep. Morrison. And, and again, Hutchie, I, I did note, and I'll say it on you, for you on your behalf, he, he actually, from what I, and I went in cold on not knowing what he's going to say, he made special reference to you. And, and I, I took it as a, a thank you and a genuine um, well, liking I mean, of you, Hutchie. Well, he's, he's a really great coach. It's a shame that he didn't, 
I mean, his public, the public side of things by his own admission last year, he didn't handle one or two press conferences the way he should or would have liked. They're his words, not mine. But he was a wonderful coach, and the players loved him. And he's got, and he talked to other coaches around the league and the esteem and the, and the um, respect they had for him. So it didn't, you know, it didn't go our way. So you got to, that's sport, and you know, I, I actually just own it. Like it's the passion's great. I've had a how do you go though when the town, which you are working out of effectively as a business and also as an ownership group of this club, has seemingly turned because it was pretty wild there, wasn't it? I mean, it is wild. Yeah, but I think it'll be. Um, people want to win. They, they've grown up winning, and they deserve to win. And so this this culture of this team, which we'll build upon, not take from, is used to winning. That's great. That I mean, how good's that? The expectation you should embrace. And when you fall a little bit short, you know, there's obviously some reasons for it. But you know, you can't. They're not excuses. We should have made the the, the finals. We didn't. And we'll be judged heavily and fair enough on this year. Yep. And one more element to this before we move on. Uh, you then got yourself in a, a, not for the first time, a Twitter stash with Andrew Bogart over the whole thing somehow. Yeah. Now, I, I don't know the full details, but our mate, well, your mate, Paul Smith, who is either owner or a significant yep. stakeholder in the Sydney Kings and, and Andrew Bogart, who I think for practice has goes at you and other people in the media, but they, they weren't happy with some of your responses to the um, fan base of the Wildcats yep. in defending... Is that a fair assessment of what well, happened there? And, I mean, and what did happen there? Each to their own. I'm entirely focused on helping Perth, us, get all the resources that we need to be the ones smiling at the end of the season. And I would say that if we win it, we will act with. If we we're fortunate enough to win again, we'll act with class and dignity. What do you mean, Paul Smith, when he said, uh, and he's replying to you, who and, and you had responded to a couple of fans, uh, please don't involve the 2022 NBL champions in the defence of your circumstance. Your claim here about the Sydney Kings is simply incorrect. If you would like to learn more about the Hoops Capital operating model, then happy to share as we would with any club trying to improve. It's a reasonable clip. I'll let people make, it, be then, the, make their own judgment of that. Really? You don't want to yeah. fire back oh, on I the mean. sounding board? Can, can, can't we say you've broken your silence <laughs> on the Paul Smith criticism? No. What like, about the Bogut? I can Bogut de- pulled in. I can debate his. I was talking. I was answering questions or um, comments from our fan base. I'm entitled to do that. I'm going to talk to our fans as much as I want when I want. And give me something. Just give me something that we can we can fire back with. And Paul I'm Smith not. On. I'm not getting. Involved you know he listens. In. I'm not going to correct the thing that he corrected that he didn't say that I saw that. I'm not getting into any of that. He <laughs> can say what he wants. So can Andrew. That's their bit there. No, what about Bogut? Well, one more. Just give. Just gives a lot on Bogut. <laughs> Each to their own. They can they can uh, behave as they see fit, and I will as I. And I, I say this seriously, just to wind up this conversation. Are you are you okay with it all? Because yes, hundred percent. It, it, it was fierce. Did you, you wouldn't have expected this, would you? So soon into. Well, I mean, I didn't think it was going to be easy by any means because of the circumstances and because of the opportunity and because I'm a bit of a lot in Rod for it, even though our sixty percent of our board live in in Western Australia, we're perceived as Victorians, and that's okay. I, I'm. I'm heart, our team here who run this part of the business and, and myself are all chipsy and hard in on making this franchise even better. But equally, So you're not second-guessing yourself in doing it? And, and you're no. Not- if it was, as Dennis Pagan used to say, son, if it was easy, everyone would be running around doing it. Do you need to go and buy some confidence in Puckle Street, though? Uh, he also Another used, one of his sayings. He also you can't to, buy confidence in Puckle Street. Do you need to go and buy so much? He also used to say, what was the other one? If you start something, arguing something with fools, about- pretty soon people want to know the difference. <laughs> yeah. And something about down the back. I, I have huge um, – I love the – like it, in not many teams, 
there's none others in the NBL where this passion from the fan base exists. It's this is as Perth. There is P- Perth Wildcats and its fan base. And then daylight is that what you're saying? Daylight. This is the most passionate, highly engaged, knowledgeable, uh, loving. There might be some fan groups that disagree with that in the NBL. I, I don't claim to know, yeah, but there I, might be. In the NBL, this is the most. Oh, this is this is magnificent, and if it's directed in um, in wanting us to be better, then I love that. So we should be. Is the only way out finals or playoffs, as they say? Yeah, I think it's a reasonable expectation that we make the playoffs every year. Yep. Don't I think that's. Yep. But but as I said in the press conference, once upon a time it was. Um, I shouldn't say this. It's never been more competitive. There's ten teams. Until now, there's only been four spots in the finals. I think there's a, chance, a good chance they've set on the record of the play-in tournament, which makes fifth and sixth possible. And it would have been nice if that came a year, really. <laughs> <laughs> but it's um, there's, the team's just getting better and better and better. Look, at the, the roster the Kings put together was terrific. Adelaide recruited well in the off-season. Melbourne and I were unbelievable all season. Uh, the Phoenix missed the four and got really hot late. Tasmania's magic carpet. I was like, it's it's hot, yeah. and the recruiting stronger and investments better, and it's up to us to build upon a great legacy, but also support it more deeply and uh, better than it has been before into a new era. When I say new era, we build upon the legacy, but we've got to actually also keep step with the others. Yep. All right. Uh, None of that's going to matter if we finish fifth or sixth. Yes. Yes, it does. Uh, Hutch, you got sent a link today to an article in the AFR, Australian Financial Review, written by Joe Aston, um, focusing on uh, your good mate, as we discovered a few weeks ago, Josh Frydenberg, who, uh, according to Joe Aston, um, basically pitched to the AFL his credentials to be the potential CEO replacement of, of Gillan McLaughlin. I'm assuming you've read it or at least aware of the- I was made aware of it only- uh, an hour ago. It's a typical Joe Aston takedown. It was a it's a takedown. Classic. <laughs> He's got a turn of phrase. It was which a makes hit. me laugh. It was a, actually it was a hit. And there's a yeah. history between. Oh, hasn't he been a regular? I couldn't. I, I, I don't Josh? know. I don't know. Yep. I don't. I'm not a regular reader. I'm, I'm aware of what he yep. does, and I don't think you want to be the focus of his columns. But I didn't understand the criticism. I'm not familiar with any of the details. Well, I think what it was saying was that rather than um, other than I think, rather than it getting out organically that he may have been approached, that the approach may have come from from Josh himself to the AFL about, hey, what about me? Yeah, well, well that's I, paraphrasing a longer my, un, my only understanding is from, as a mate of Josh's. I'll, I'll have it honest. You and Luke, you and Luke Darcy. If you want to miss, um, if you want to be cheeky, oh. I can't have a constructive conversation. The two things that I think I know about this. Uh, that he was one of many candidates the AFL approached at a high level to be part of the well, process. Well, see, I, I don't know whether it happened that way, Hutchie. I don't. That's well, what enough, the article's about. There's enough people in footy that say that to you, so I take that to be fact. Yeah, I've got. I don't know about that. And the second thing is, he answered a call. I think he answered a call from Sam Edmund, and didn't comment. <laughs> that's why I asked Sam about that again on the weekend. I think Sam, Sam wasn't named in the article, but I think SEN was. Yeah, yeah. And, you- and his quote, his quote was non-committal either way. He gave one of those classic answers people do when they don't want to buy anything. So I don't think his response was unreasonable. Do I, I, I don't think he's going to get the CEO gig from what I've been told. And, and I don't think he was ever going to be considered even when that article was... I don't, was I'm I not don't, saying it wasn't... A, I wouldn't have assumed that he'd even be interested, would he? Like, he's obviously got aspirations. Well, that's the point of the article. He wanted his name out there that in, in that sense. Well, has it, I don't think he would have wanted his name out if he doesn't want the job because how, it hasn't helped, has it? Not now. That Joe Aston's what, pulling I mean, him apart. What... In these in these jobs, I would I would think you'd want to be under the radar until the day you're announced. So I, I can't imagine how 
I, I think the theory falls apart. Like, I can understand. I, I think he was approached. If he wasn't, that's up to you. But I don't think if you were, I don't think you would leak your own name against it because it doesn't. It doesn't get you closer to the job. Get you further away from the job. It often can. Yeah, you want to yeah. be you want to be undisclosed until the day you're announced. So I think he just answered a query and gave an answer that was perhaps not in fat not an emphatic no. Yep. Weird one here, Hutchie. Have you watched the movie Hustle yet? I'm dying to. My it's right up your alley. Yeah, my stepson yeah. has, and he's like yeah. at me on it. So I'm dying to. It's, it's the one piece of uh, movie content I've watched. I yeah. think since the season start. Everyone says though. it's one of the great movies. It's good. LeBron it's James E. Peter. Yes, yeah. Adam Sandler starred in it. There's yep. um, a guy by the name of Anthony Edwards who's a Minnesota Timberwolves yep. rising star. Yep. As an actor, he's got some talent. Yep. I, I wanted to talk about it. That what, may, what, maybe watch it. No, and no, we'll it's okay. It. What, what role does Adam play in it? Adam plays a uh, a battered, I think it's fair to say, a talent scout. Yep. Who's got one last play at a dysfunctional organisation, which a lot of those sporting yep. franchises are in America. Um, and he's ident- he then identifies a uh, basically previously undisclosed talent of a serious nature overseas somewhere. I forget the country that he flies to find, and then the storyline spin off all that. Do we see Adam play basketball at all in the movie? Because uh, I, don't think we, I don't know if you know, but he's got a very good three-point well, shot. Let's tell that he's story again. He's a good again. ball handler. It's half the reason I wanted to raise it. Because you, didn't you? Didn't you play, what do you call it? Pick up basketball with him yep. in New York one year, which you tell people about? Two or three days in a row. I've told this story somewhere in series, whatever episode. Yeah, I whatever. think we did tell it earlier. So I want to make sure my facts are good in my memory because someone <laughs> yeah. will go back and... Well, there'll be mayonnaise on it by now. <laughs> by series seven, there'll be more Can mayonnaise I, on I'm allowed to add another 10% to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I told you the funniest thing about all that was he'd put both of our names up on the afternoon games because I was expressed how, un- how I wasn't confident enough to play in the real stuff. Yeah. And he goes, I'll, I'll play with you this afternoon. And then he turned up and he'd put both their names on the wall. Names one and two. You were just Hutchie, weren't you, from memory? Was that what you... What are you- it was, it was an... It was Hutch or Hutcher or something. Hutch. It was an abbreviation of the, I think. Yeah. Someone some go back in the old episodes and find the exact story. Try and find time. We'll, we'll discuss but he, it. But he was making the movie Click in New York at the time. Oh, yeah. He's, uh, the, yeah. Re, uh, the Reebok Sports Centre, by the way, I went went to – I used to go there all the time to play basketball where that's where I played with Adam Sandler. <laughs> went back there only six weeks ago and yeah, I don't take casual bookings anymore and it's oh, really? changed his name. Okay. It's, okay. You know, the Equinox or whatever it is. So <laughs> – couldn't couldn't play, um, so he's. I'm not a massive Sandler fan like a lot of people are, but his last two have been ripped. No, he's Un- uncut he's shown gems. He's shown, last two or three years. He's shown a whole different side of his yeah ability. And yeah. basketball's a connection. Yeah, well, he, he loves the game. Mm. Loves it. He made, made another basketball movie, didn't he? Grown up was it Grown Ups? He played basketball in. No, it wasn't a there. basketball movie, but he played regularly in that movie. I think. BBL Hutchie, we've discussed this a few times over the the journey on the sounding board and. I think you know my views, and I think our listeners do too, in terms of the saturation and almost the cannibalising of the, the, the beautiful product that once was four or five years ago, maybe three years ago even. Uh, do we need to head down a, a privatisation path with it in order to stay competitive with these other leagues? Because as we speak, there's genuine threats in the same calendar period from the uh, South African League starting up and the UAE League starting up, and, and it's all got a, a form of IPL backing, the Indian Premier League, Money behind some yep. of it, it's it's in a bit of a state of worry, isn't it, right now? I'm a big believer in private ownership in sport, not because we're uh, forget us for a minute. I just think it's it's great because you get entrepreneurialism and you get self driven owners. You generally speaking, some people might argue otherwise. Get you know, you, 
external energy and better outcomes and people sweat it and it's, you know, like AFL clubs, particularly the, some of the expansion clubs, would be wonderfully well served with private owners. Yeah, I actually agree with aspects of that. I yep. think they're trying some things, right? The draft looks like it's an interesting idea that's coming in. I think the international players go into that pool and... Well, Basically, everything comes down to money. So you yep. got to follow the money. And, they, and, and, and the f- money well, think, f- trail doesn't yep. head to Australia, though, does it, when it comes to well, this... Well, you could argue that they haven't... Have they reinvested enough of the check of the broadcast partner into supporting the players to arrive? I think that would be a fair question. Fair question. I think they're going to. Where's it gone then? Well, I don't think it's been misspent. It would have gone into, you know, pathway grassroots development, broader cricket, all those things that are important. But it's, you know, in the BBL, I think it's the biggest checks get the best players, don't they? Um, And then in the Indian players not being available is a continual challenge. If they could circuit break that, it would open things up significantly, wouldn't it? I loved it when the internationals came out, but we just haven't had them of well, note. There we've never had any Indian players. There's not one, has there? No. no. That's the circuit breaker that yep. they need. Hey, uh, I want to ask you a couple of questions if I can. You do a lot of the talking around here. <laughs> well, I well you've and, come in rattled. I had to. I, I knew I was going like to steal being this. being interviewed every week these days. It's no, no, no. Well, it's not the case. It's just that you were rattled today, Hutchie, and we had to start there off the top, and you Did, haven't regrouped, and we'll, we'll move on to the Lisa Wilkinson topic. I hardly here. think I was rattled. Let's talk about Lisa Wilkinson. <laughs> one of your great hobby horses. Oh, here we go. Which one? There's a few. When you read that North Melbourne were bringing back your old mate Jeff Walsh, <laughs> who you famously ranked among the three or five least media friendly people in the history of the game in our list once upon a time. Did I do that? Did I? Yep. Okay. Well, I'm not going to back away from that. I didn't know we did that publicly. When you heard that North had turned back, I think for the third time, to Jeff Walsh as a saviour. Third time. And that the CEO didn't know he was coming. Didn't he? Didn't Ben Mafia know? Sam Edmund has reported extensively that- I'd even caught up with that angle on it. That, I don't, this is Sam's report, not mine, that uh, oh. Ben was blindsided by it and that he, he learned only after the event that Anthony Stevens had driven the appointment and that, that uh, Jeff was- I, I hadn't even caught up with that element of this, uh, this development, Hutchie. So. so in the words of- your great colleague, James Brayshaw. What the bloody hell is going on at North Melbourne, Damo? <laughs> Who knows? Um, we don't normally Is get... this a good move, Jeff in? No, not with Jeff. I mean, there's there's a few other footy people out there who I would have thought might have been a better option well, than Why Jeff. do you say that? He went into Carlton last year and helped with their review, and that seems to have worked all right. He also was at Collingwood um, at a time when their own salary cap was blown and they had to move on key players. Um, he... You're not... At quit all. at a time another report came out at Collingwood. He left North Melbourne twice, once as CEO and once as footy operations boss, to go to Collingwood for the greener pastures at Collingwood on two occasions. And now people at the club have decided to bring him back to tell them what they should know right now is how to fix themselves. You're not really objective when it comes to North, though. You, the personality's given the if, way. You're... If this was Richmond Footy Club, and it's not, but if this was Richmond Footy Club in 2008 or nine, I'd be saying the same things. If there was an equivalent to... Jeff Walsh at Rich. Just insert club name here, Hutchie. Do you think it spells trouble for the coach? Yeah. Yeah, but but again, what, why couldn't the board itself make that decision? Why, why couldn't even other people at the club make that decision? Why, why do they need Jeff Walsh to tell them they're broken and they've got no idea what they're doing? And that's pretty much where it's at right now. They're I mean, sec- Second guessing, aren't they? There? Yeah. But they're already paying Paul Ruse as a consultant all the way from the all States. Way. Yep. Yeah. It's that... He was reassured his role in the release, I saw. <laughs> 
Just well, in right. case anyone was concerned well, that he might be leaving and I'd like the to, surf might be up tomorrow. Maybe the new consultant, Jeff Walsh, could, could as a first and starting point, review the consultancy role that Paul Ruse has had. Because I, I don't if, – if, if he's done something, it's not obvious of any positive note and – yeah, I'm a Paul Roos fan. I just don't get. I can't get. My I am too. The, I can't get my head around the whole. I think no. that doesn't doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. So no, I don't. And I look. There's still, well, there's still a, a few people at the footy club who were there when Jeff was there last time round, Hutchie. And and again, maybe it's a case of the old army though. Again, you got Steve O bringing in. Well, I guess it. But what? Anthony at, Stevens. At what point is this going to get progressive? This team. Well, Anthony Stevens has just replaced Glenn Archer, who blew the club up and then walked away from it. Glenn, ben Buckley. Just made decisions it's, and got all. It's unnecessary language. Blew the club up. Yeah, well, the, deci- the decisions yeah. have blown Glenn up. Glenn is the a heart, all heart in. Has done all he can. Has he, has, like you can't dispute his motives, Glenn. He's been fantastic. Well, you, you might have wanted to stay the journey on the decisions that he made, wouldn't you? Is that is that a fair? Well, I think he probably got to a point where he realised he might have made one or two bad ones, and he one or two. Stepped. It's not. It's not easy. But no one asked him to do it. Yeah. No, no one asked him to trailblaze in. I mean, don't forget, he, he, he's left a couple of times himself and came back. And, and yep. no one no one said, hey, Glenn, come and fix us up. They were going okay there for a while. And I, I know you dispute that. And okay is relative. I get that. Do you, as a fan, which you clearly are, look at you get wound up, do you feel disgruntled as a fan and as a father of fans? <laughs> what? what? <laughs> like, or do you actually go, oh, there's only three days to the Kangas play. Can't wait to see what... I haven't long thought that because of my job, Archie. That hasn't been at play for probably 25, 30 years, to be totally honest with you. But if you want to ask me about my boys, they, I, we buy the memberships every year and will forever more. And yep. more but but their levels of interest in, in when they're playing and even if they win um, is not what mine was as a as a kid. Yeah, I reckon there's only two types, two types of journalists when it comes to clubs. <laughs> Every journalist barracks for a club. Everyone. Yeah. Yep. Bar none. There's only two types of journalists. Journalists who are too critical on their own club, and I reckon you've long been in that category, and journalists that are just too accepting of their own club, you know, your Steve-O's. But actually, there's still some people, weirdly enough, who don't know who I barrack for, and and, and other other supporter groups who think I hate their club more than any other club. That's to your credit that you've been equally um, cynical and aggressive on all 18 teams. (laughs) Or or just covering covering the sport as we meant to do, critically. Yeah, they've got some some issues. No no question about that. Let's talk Lisa Wilkinson. Let's get there now, because it's probably the most serious topic of the the many we've already discussed. Sorry, before we get to Lisa Wilkinson. Well, before we get there. Just on the kangaroo front. Yeah. You shared a commentary box on Friday night with Danielle Laidley, the yeah. former coach of the Kangaroos. I did, and it was it was a great experience. Um, she came in for about forty minutes before the match started, and then and then stayed for the special commentary role. Um, yeah, and it was it was I, I look I was engrossed in the conversation because she, she's so open about what happened, and and we were we um, were fortunately comforted by Danny to say that. Don't don't worry about tripping up your words. Don't worry about asking a question that that may, as you're asking it, come out in, in a way as as I think was we we're all thinking. I mean, the four of us in the in the conversation, Howie, Dars, and, and Brownie, and myself, and and yeah, it was. I don't know whether you heard it. I don't expect you to, but um, I, I read the Herald Sun coverage on the weekend. That's all. What was your takeaway from the experience? Uh, just how she ha- has got. She's now got to a stage where she's totally comfortable and, and I reckon that's a massive thing because the timeline on on um, what she was going through was taken out of her hands wasn't it with the police distribution yep. of, of photos and, and that then set off a, a, tra- a chain of events that 
there are still um, elements to play out, and I'll let Danielle or Danny um, tell that side of the story. But 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 in terms of getting to when it was June, whatever day it was, twenty twenty two, just you, you can actually see the happiness. In, and and I, I was, it was it was fascinating um, listening to that aspect of it. That that there's a level of comfortability right now that. Clearly wasn't there initially when it was public because there was a plan in, in in the back of her mind, I think, to to go public. But but obviously that timing was all a non skew if yeah yeah. yeah but, I, I think it's like it's fantastic for for footy to have it and for you guys to have embraced and to get off of that platform. I know there's a documentary I think that GM and making. Yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah. And then again, there's a level I, I suppose of comfort in in the people in that box. She, she had worked with all of us in some form and yeah, you know, through media and, and other relationships and. Yeah, I was. Um, I mean, for those who haven't heard it, go, go back to it. And you're right. There's going to be a documentary out. I don't know the timing on it. There's a book in the in the throes too. So fantastic. Yeah, and it's, the and the audience reaction. Well, I, you can only go on what you get your on your own yeah, feed, and, and it was overwhelmingly been, positive. Yeah. How wonderful! Yeah. yeah, and and to think, yeah, that, that that she's been able to come that far that quickly, and and I think you know we as an industry too, and as you know, Hutchie, you, you you tell the stories and you 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 um. You've got to get the language right on on all of these things, and and even just there were some phrases there that um, I need to explore more on too, like the gender dysphoria. I, I, I need I need more you know knowledge around all of this. Um, and she gave a, a version of of that or a definition of of her experiences with that side of it. So no, just um, I think just one of the great experiences in terms of being able to share that that part of of her story at this point in time. A few things from me. What Lisa Wilkinson at the Logies warned about in advance about speaking too much about the Brittany Higgins case on yeah. stage before the plan, um, seemingly went a little rogue on that advice. Yeah. Spoke um, about it on stage. The case has now been pushed back to October um, with Brittany Higgins. And and then the, the silk who went on television to kind of criticise it or to speak to it, Dr. Matthew Collins, QC, he went on um, – Morning TV said that the Logie speech will get her in hot water and it was interfering with the administration of justice. And then by the end of the day, he's on a retainer to represent Lisa, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. which was one of the great pivots. <laughs> when I said on telly this morning, I thought you were in hot water. I mean, yeah. unfairly. And, <laughs> now I've got and, to get you off potential uh, don't worry. charges. No one can put out hot water like I can. And, and I'm the man for the job here. And it'll cost you and your organisation... This amount of money for me to represent you. Yep. Yeah. Um, look, I don't know. I, I, I like you. I think we were texting, weren't we, um, at certain aspects of the Logies that night. Um, I didn't see the speech, so I, and I don't feel the need to go back to it, other than I know the um, uproar since. And I, would, I think it's fair to say Lisa Wilkinson would have known the lines, wouldn't she? She, she Well, she's as good a journalist as they've been on, on so many platforms and in so many facets. And the the interview itself and the, and the powerful nature of that interview with Brittany Higgins and then to – Accept a TV industry award for it, and to at this stage, at this stage of the Brittany Higgins story, say something that could be contempt of court, and it's could Hutchie. It hasn't been yet determined whether that's going to be the path that the courts take against Lisa. But clearly, when she's got high end legal representation, that that's a possibility. That the, as you say, the administration of justice has been interfered with in an acceptance speech for a goal or for a silver logie or whatever colour it is these days, I don't know, but it's it defies belief that it can well, get to this. The criticisms are that as a as a good journalist Lisa is she would have known and had much a lot of training that that's 
potentially getting into contempt areas. And the second thing is that hubris got in the way of just common sense. You reckon hubris got in the way? They've been the criticisms. What do, yeah. you, what do you make of that? Well, it's hard to disagree with that, isn't it, at this stage? I mean, if, The if Daily the, Tele front page was hand up if you've caused court chaos. Well, there has been a form of chaos already, hasn't there? Because yep. the, the case has already been delayed as a result yep. of the commentary, hasn't it? I mean, that, that's fair to say. Um, I'm just reading something. I think I've got a different article to you. But the, the judge said Lisa Wilkinson, quote, completely obliterated the line between allegations and guilt in her Logie acceptance speech. I mean, actually, that's a line out of a newspaper article. But the in quotes was completely obliterated. So, yeah. Again, I look, we're, we're now into that zone now. Hachi says... This is in an area we've got no idea about now, but it did seem strange, didn't it? Um, the fact-checking organisations around the country, they're a source of fascination to me at the moment. So we, we, we maybe I'm slow to, yep. the, slow to the race and slow to the party on this one, but the whole ABC and RMIT involvement in a fact-check thing, there's another group, AAP fact-check, I discovered during the week. Rebel group. This is like a rebel. Is it a rebel group? Like a rebel cricket tour has popped up. <laughs> This is an alternate group of facts, alternative facts. And, uh, I don't know how I stumbled across it, but I then checked the um, biography, so to speak, under the handle, uh, AAP Fact Check. We check misinformation by public figures and on social media. But they are a yes. IFC and signature, yes. Damo. <laughs> Which means they've got an IFCN. Badge. Yes. <laughs> a digital badge. Yep. Yeah. Well, and they way, also Facebook fact checking partner. We've got an outstanding young producer here, Sam Watson, and I walked <laughs> past him the other day during the breakfast show and had a chin wag and he said to me with through the side of his mouth that he'd actually gone through the R and Y fact check course and it was actually very good. I'm like, Well, I don't doubt that. But uh, I don't think Damo says quite the same way. <laughs> no, I just amused it. <laughs> well the source of my fascination with this was that was, it, was a ninety second Sunday footy show organic conversation yeah. about something that ended up being a fact you're check. A, you're a good hater. No, it's not a hater. It's just I'm just amused. Hachi, do you want to do a quick uh, spin city before we uh, get to question of the week? Yep, sure. <laughs> On the sounding board, spin city for Drinkwise. Remember, you won't miss a moment if you drink wise. Those... I'd retired this segment, by the way. Yeah, but we like to bring it out every now and again. And you've got the right to say no, you don't want to. Um, and you may want to say no on this, and I'll respect that fully if you do. But um, I want to—I want you to want to put you in the chair as a as an editor of a news limited publication, if I can. And already you're getting edgy because this is. <laughs> I know where this is. I want. I want to be a a, a journalist with. In, I'm in out. The... <laughs> <laughs> you're going to ask me about Rupert's divorce. Of course yeah. I am. Well, yeah. I'll tell you the point blank. You don't need to spin city me this. Now, can I spin city? If, if I am. I'm a gossip writer for a news limited publication. Yep. And I've got wind of Rupert Murdoch, one of the world's richest men and most influential men. Yep. Um, potentially or, or factually, whatever it is, there's talk that he's going to divorce for a fourth time in life. Yep. I think he's in his 90s. And, and the person in question this time around is Jerry Hall, who yep. has uh, had a very famous career herself in the public eye. I think there's a story there, Mr. Editor, and I'd like to report it. Yeah, you're not writing that. Why? Because it's his paper. <laughs> but I've got a story that- I'll tell you what, that, that his paper would normally love to lap up on and speculate on. Yeah, or what we write in the paper are things that 
could be reasonably assumed to benefit him commercially or content-wise. <laughs> Let's rule both of those things out here, shall we? Now, I'll tell you what. I'll can, cu- can you I'll, see, though, Mr. I'll Editor, or I'll... Mrs. Editor, that, that if this was another publication, this would be a major story. That's exactly why we're going nowhere near it, because we're not buying into it. We, we take Murdoch tax from the others who unfairly pick us off. We're not adding to it ourselves. And I'll tell you what I'm going to do, son. Can we at least just get in the paper somewhere, though, just, out, just yeah. so I can at least get my information into the paper? I'll tell you what. If you... Somewhere? If you can source his mobile number... Get him on the phone, independent of me, ring him, tell him you intend to do it, put your name to that, and get him to agree it's a good idea. <laughs> Come back to me and I'll run it. And if it goes the other way and you no longer have a job after that phone call, don't bother coming back to me. <laughs> don't ring. Are there any questions? <laughs> you know, <laughs> let's answer That's what I would city. Say. Let's I, I, I'm Rupert, and I own the News Limited papers, and I get pinged off by every other publication times three, because that's what happens. You just look after yourself and you get pinged in return from the opposition. And there's You're I, putting a ban on it? I would say, hey, listen, if anyone wants this, <laughs> I'm coming for them. Now, this is where I wanted to get to. Do, I do would absolutely actually, mandate we've that. We've ended Spin City, why by would that be? Why would that be, in a, if you own the publication, But do you, why would you not put yourself up to that scrutiny? Do you believe the, the emails come down or the phone calls come down from the very top, be it, be it Rupert himself or the people who represent his interests, down to all the major editors, or- do they just assume? I think there'd be a high level of assumption. There'd be a test of temperature call, wouldn't there? The next rung down right. would have been rung by the rung below them saying- So you're, they're ringing New York. Feel the editors have heard this and kicking it around and any kind of feel for what, you know, they're going to put out a statement or what's your- th- and, 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 what, and how would that have been received, that phone call? And then it would have been, I'll just check with corporate comms and then, you know- And corporate comms says, <laughs> yeah, under no circumstances? I think, you know. Now, there, there may well have been a reference to yeah, it Dennis, somewhere, Hutchie. I've, Dennis Pagan used to say to me, son- you write, you write whatever you want. You just live with the consequences. <laughs> if you would put that challenge that you um, hypothetically put in the Spin Cities part of it to the journalist, you go get the private number and you make the phone call. I reckon you at some stage, no, when I, you were the, 21, you would have no, at no, least- No, you'd call and you'd have a pitch. You would have embraced that challenge. I would have backed you to have got the number. This is how I'd pitch it to Rupert, right? You ready? I'd say- No, so again, I, I would give you, and I reckon within- If I said to you right now, you get Rupert Murdoch's private number, I reckon you'd come back to me in 90 minutes with it. I'd say I'd get it, but it might take me half a day or a day. Rupert, it's Johnny. Actually, no. Actually, on this one, I might beat you on it to it. By the way, I've got a contact there, but but you, you would get any number in the world in ninety minutes. Rupert, it's Johnny Smith here from the Herald Sun. And before you hang the phone up, I'm going to take ninety seconds of your time. It's an uncomfortable conversation, but I'm going to tell you why it's a good thing for you. Can you please bear with me? Nice to meet you. By the way, I wish it was in better circumstances, Rupert. You only hire aggressive journalists, so you won't be surprised that someone is aggressive enough to call you on a personal matter. And I would think that even though you might not like this call, you'd respect the fact that I had the will to make it. It's out there in the public that you and Jerry are splitting. Now, before you get angry, before you go crazy, I'll ask you to remind yourself of this one. You want to hire people that have the temerity to make these calls. This is unscripted for those listening, by the way. He's in his zone here. You want to have the temerity to make these calls. And two... We feel, and I feel specifically, that if we get this out in a controlled environment first, it will take away from the sting and the hatchet job and the paparazzi. We'll take the steam out of it. Here's my pitch. We'll own the narrative. It's six paragraphs. It's a joint statement. You guys give us two paragraphs. It'll be written on your terms. I'll send it to you to proofread beforehand or the person you send to me. I'll send it to you. 100% you would. And it'll appear on page seven buried and the steam will be out of it. And you'll know, you'll walk away from this exchange knowing that someone had your back in the exchange of the information because it is out there and that you've hired a young, aggressive journalist who actually cares enough to ring before they blast off. Are there any questions, Rupert? Could you give me a quote? That's how I'd pitch it. You'd have half a chance. You might get hung up on, but you'd have 
half a chance. Yeah, I reckon with that sort of pitch, you, you, you'd be a sneaky hope. I'd put a time limit on. Like the first thing he's going to think is, how long is this call going to go for? So like, you've got to put a time limit on how long much of his time you're going to take. You probably have to sharpen it up. I reckon 60 seconds yep. in his world is a lot of time. Oh, I didn't have any notice. You just pinned no, me on that. No, you did well. But I think that's – you're not going to get it past an editor, but it might be just a sneaky chance to get, get it past, past Rupert, Rupert himself. himself. <laughs> um, it's amazing how often that happens, by the way, when you're a journalist. I always think, as a journalist, speak to the very highest order of authority you can on the issue, right? Because the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth person – They blink. Are where everyone normally goes, but they're dealing with something that the first person isn't. They've got job security on their mind. <laughs> oh, this is a bit odd. Oh, what if this backfires? I mean, how's it going to look in two days? Where if you actually just go straight to the person, it's on them to decide whether they want to do it but or then not. Then you've broken rank in the hierarchy. Don't, and, that, and that. Here's my view on this there is no rank. No, of course there is. Go straight to this person. Yeah. Pitch yourself but at the highest point. This is your view. Crash through. Go to the highest point. Other of the people play the percentage game. And it's easy to get blown downstream. Oh, you know, I got heard something. No, but about then the- you've got to answer to that person who you should have tipped off. You rang Rupert? You rang Rupert? I, I, you just own it. You say, I did. No, but then it's on that person's head too. Rupert ah. could go, yeah, but you say, your journos rung me. If I had rung you, it would have put you in a position that would have made you uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, so you're doing it for them. So I thought in order to avoid that awkward exchange for you and make you choose between me and the employer, we both know which way you would have chosen. I just went straight to the source. <laughs> You would have done that a lot in your career. You just uh, go, you're talking- yeah, when you, you do when you're younger. You, you, you don't think through it all. But you do when you're older. I, I think through the uh, – it doesn't mean I won't make that call. In fact, I still do, by the way. I'd like the to think you, Like, I think a lot of journalists, for instance, avoid ringing players because they think, oh, I'll ring their manager or I'll ring their next-door neighbour. And when you do ring the players, they're they, often receptive. They, they are so appreciative of your ringing. Yeah, they'll give you up. Oh, I had a call. They'll, they'll give you up straight away, but they'll at least be appreciative yeah. of the phone call. You'll, be, you'll, you'll then get a call within 30 seconds. Oh, what are you going to have my head for? And what are you ringing the players? You should know that's banned around here. Yeah, you but get I, that call. But they will be so it. appreciative. Yeah. They don't even know what's being gee, said we, about them sometimes. Gee, we sound like uh, old Stadler and Waldorf. Yeah. Right, you know, we've broken got, down. We've got the solutions for everything. <laughs> what about the Jordan DeGowin situation during the week, Coach? So Collingwood came out with its sanctioning of him. Now, I'm going to miss some names here, but. But as, as we do and as other media outlets would on us if we did it, um, John Ralph, Dugowie suspended for the rest of the year, comma, fined $25,000. That was on Twitter. Our mate David Zeta, we mentioned last week positively, um, had a similar moment um, in, in misreading yep. in misreading the club release statement about the sanction. So Dugowie wasn't suspended for the rest of the year. He was fined twenty five thousand dollars, but the twenty five thousand dollars fine was suspended for the rest of the year. Bit of a difference. There was a different. There was a race to be first, and mm. there was a club release. There was misread. Mm. But but when you're being the race to be first, when everyone's received the same effective release, yep. you're talking. You, you are talking being first by. Let's face this, Hutchie, seconds. Now, whether it's two seconds yeah. or we're, we're maximum twenty so I, seconds. I'm backing over old news here. I have a real problem with this. It's a major problem. I have a real problem with Twitter in particular. So I understand if you want to be first to benefit your employer, and if John had written that on the Herald Sun website and it had been published. Well, I reckon they're pretty glad he didn't write on the Herald Sun website. Yeah, but at the moment, there's, actually wrong. there's just this raft of journalists in not only sport but in politics. You've been big on this for a while. Well, like using private Twitter. You're, you're trying to, um, you're one trying up. to one up your colleagues. You're not benefiting your own career or your employer who you work for. You're, you're going into business for yourself. And so 
if you come on stuck, like what's your what the Herald Sun say? Well, you, you put yourself in that position, not me. Like mm. we we didn't publish it. We, our sub editor didn't sign off on it. He didn't send it to us like he could have. Like what's the race to be? And it was clearly what's the race to be first a on Twitter? Generally what, released. Let me ask you another way. Statement. What is the upside? So for ego. all the downside, ego. The one thing again, this is similar to what you said a moment ago. We we, we now reflect on this like the two old men that we are in in that in this media sense. <laughs> well, I'm older than you. <laughs> Stellar and Waldorf. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Look at them down there. <laughs> if no one actually remembers who tweets it first, no. when, when it's all said and, and done, nor are you, when it's all said and done, nor do you benefit from it, nor do people care, nor but, do you win awards for it. But you know what they remember? If it's wrong, hundred percent. So I just don't see the ups. If you look at the upside v downside hmm. um, factor in life, I don't see it. Yep. And I don't get it. No. I'm not saying I wouldn't have done it myself back in the day, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think I've learned. Can you? What was the apology to Shari Lee Hitchcock in the Sunday, tele, Sunday Telegraph? No, no, by the we, way, we weren't going to go there in the end. I, I know it was on the running sheet, but we there was. Oh, sorry. I didn't, well, I, I you did just said it to me and said, "Remind me about this." So no, I, I, I've just reminded you, and you've said, "Oh, we're not talking about it." Well, <laughs> what is it? No, I don't know. There was an apology. Oh. But I, I did get to the bottom of it. It's just well, pretty, it's pretty boring. Well, don't put it on the rundown. Well, so I ask you. So this is where you don't, you, you do bruise in. <laughs> I, I briefed I you on two things that we've had discussed that I didn't brief you on the, that one. We, we'll leave that in because it, there was an apology from the Daily Telegraph to Shari Lee Hitchcock, and it, it just didn't yep. really seem to me. Hey, that's hey, all hey, I question of the week. Yep. Now, before we get the question of the week, yep. um, I want to ask you about the Paul Dowsley doorstop on Dugowie. You mentioned Dugowie. We didn't, dis- by the way, we didn't deal with the Goey well enough. The Goey PR side of things, player and club are not on the same page. Club needed an apology. Club needed to be seen. The player feels what he said on his Instagram, that what's all the fuss about. So I don't, I, they're on a different page. That's not going to work at the end of the year. That's over. I think it's over, the Goey and Collingwood. I can't see that being put. Oh, I'm, I'm of that. I don't think the toothpaste goes back too. in the tube on that one. Yeah. Um, now on. Uh, on the door. But in terms of the apology, you can only take him at his word. He, he was on camera saying certain things the other day. It may have been after the event. Club club led club um, created an outcome. The Here Channel is. Seven sent Paul Dowsley, who I think Eddie called on footy classified the attack dog. Did he? <laughs> of the seven news <laughs> How often? Or I think I'll ask a question. I know the answer to. How often do on these curly ones the News editors send the front of the uh, bulletin down or the front of the paper down to take the heat off the Tom Rounds and the Mitch Clearies so that the doorstop, if it's going really? to be uncomfortable. It might, is it possible it's just a rostering thing? I, I don't think Tom or Mitch would be. You think it's a rostering thing? Well, I, I, I don't know. I, we could ask the question now you've raised it. Um, and this was a potential question of the week. So we may as well make it the question of the week. It's from Philip Crooks on Twitter, Jane. On the sounding board, it's our question of the week for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to drink, choose to Drinkwise. And just to be specific on Philip's question, can you discuss the seven newsroom decision to send Paul Dowsley to doorstop Collingwood players instead of Tom or Mitch? Do you think it's rostering? I think it's possibly. I think it's man for the occasion. Do you? Yeah. When there's some people are just naturals at that act, and then so one, he's very good at it, and two, the blowback's not as severe on the. Like, I think, you know, is Tom Brown going to say, listen, my dad's the president. It's not going to sit well for me to be put in this position. Mitch, you know, I, I think there's an element of remove the people from the yeah, equation. Okay. It, yeah. it happened a lot in my time. Newsrooms often don't have the luxury of making that decision at, at times, do they? It happened I mean, a lot in my time, I, particularly, particularly in papers, yeah. And, and to some degree in television, often it would be like, oh, 
you know, I don't, I don't want to, okay, well, we'll send the front, you know, we'll send the general, you know, he's not going to see him again for two years and yeah. they can It's a smart move that the you hit. can do it that way. Cop the hit. Did, did, we've discussed this a few times over the journey. Did you ever get to a stage where you liked that journalism? What, doorstops? Yeah. No. Do you, do you think some do? Uh, I think it's part It's part of the job. I hated it. Yeah. And, and well, you weren't I, much probably, good at it, to be no, fair. Sh- you were clumsy. I was terrible at it. You were you were in the worst. If I was to rank the great doorstoppers over a, the years, you're in the worst five percent. I, I had a crack at it. Like I, I would stake you out. Were it, it was my job to do it. <laughs> yeah, but you're like, awkward you're, the way I ask a question. You're half apologetic before they arrive. No, no, I stopped being that. <laughs> I stopped, no because and and you actually said don't give them a chance to say no. So you just got to you got to go in aggressively, don't you? Talking, yeah, because yeah. I think the first time was uh, excuse me, can would you mind stopping? And then yeah. why would they say yes to that? So you said don't give them that opportunity. Everybody dislikes elements. of of their jobs. That is oh, that was, but that is that is a tax on being a journalist. Is that doing that? I wasn't good at it either. You're right. Like <laughs> in fact, I, yeah, I, ne- I never avoided Hutchie. So yeah, oh, but but I wasn't good at it. I think there was some journalist like on the weekend I heard who spent 16 hours at the airport and missed Jordan to go because they were, he was whisked out the back, but they were there for, since 4 a.m. and left. At really? Midnight. Yeah. So all that. I could t- tell me anyone that enjoys that yeah. sitting in cars and and you got to work out. You, like you got to go to the bathroom and then you haven't eaten for eight hours and you're oh. about to dehydrate. And, and you get you're... zero sympathy from the no kids. <laughs> yeah, what do you got? No, nothing. Uh, well, just oh. hang, hang around, hang around. Have you have you got out of the car and had a look around? Yeah. No, no I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the heads up. Well, have you asked anyone else if they've seen him? Oh yeah, that's not a bad idea either. You get some like some nimwits back at the news desk. One of the best ones, and, and you, you were you were part of it. When Dusty Martin had the um, the tour of GWS, yeah. No, I I think we got the yarn, didn't we? You yeah. Like, well, you you were. I had three cars set up. You had me at Melbourne, and yeah. I got him at Melbourne. And, and we, had, at, we had Mitch Cleary at Sydney. <laughs> in Sydney, and it was all on a spit of a spec. But then I and was at third, the airport, third crew at the and club. some bloke came and grabbed me and said, "If you're here for Dusty, he's downstairs." And then I thought, "Thank you." So, and then Dusty came up on the lift and he gave me absolutely nothing. Just looked away and you yeah, know, the, Dusty. some of the great footy shots. Him touring yeah. Giant Stadium, and State. then Mitch was at Giant Stadium. We didn't know he was going to go there. By the way, we just it was a it was a hunch. It was your information? Can I say that? Go to say? Yep. Can I say that? Yep, on, on there? Yeah, yeah, it was your can. information. And then, Mitch, the f- then Mitch got footage of him with Stephen Silvani, Gubby Allen. Yep. I think Dave Matthews was there. Yep. And the facility was being built. <laughs> they, yeah, I showed yeah. him around like a block of flats that haven't been built yet. Yeah. It's like an old rubble. Yeah. Uh, yeah, at some point here we'll have a building. But we didn't know he was going to be there. And then the next minute Mitch rings and goes, well, he's here. We had all, we had all cut bases. <laughs> we knew he was yeah. covered. And the, the funniest part about that and was- Ralph Carr was giving me greasies at Melbourne. Two days later- Ralph Carr wouldn't kill me. The Giants released a statement. Well, I don't think it was two days later. I think it was one that day. In fact, if you give me a minute, I'll They withdrew find, the offer. I will find the statement. There's a, it's uh, a famous statement. Yeah. Um, Richmond Football Club today informs the public or media or members that we, we have withdrawn our offer or something like that to, to the player that was already at that stage on their books. Um, I'll find the press release by the time we finish today, I reckon. Yeah. That was all in the back of that little stake yet. So anyway, I'd love to. I really like. Oh, here it is. Giants won't pursue Martin. Here it you is. You couldn't have. have. Have you just found nineteenth? Nineteenth. Sep- you must have it in your phone. Nineteenth September. Have you just googled that? Sorry, twentieth of September. Yeah, two thousand. I reckon you've delved that. Two thousand thirteen. Files. I'll read it to you. Yeah. So this was a, might have been the day or two before we we found him there. The Greater Western Sydney Giants will not proceed with further talks with Richmond's Dustin Martin. Yesterday, oh there it was the day before. 
the Giants met with Martin at the request of his manager <laughs> and have decided not to pursue him in the forthcoming <laughs> trade period. Yeah. Quite unquote. We took up the invitation to meet with Martin and his manager, Ralph Carr, and showed them around our new training the facility so and SCOTA Stadium. But we have made a decision wow. not to pursue further discussions. That was the worst decision that club's ever General made. General Manager Football, <laughs> Graham Allen said. We will continue to explore a number of opportunities with other players with a view to add more experience to our playing list. And we wish Dustin Martin all the best for his career ahead. Well, this is what he did for his career ahead. He won three flags. You would have won, Gabby. He cost you three premierships. I reckon he might have cost them four or five because they reached the grand final the year before Richmond did in two thousand. Sorry, they should have reached the grand final in 2016. They ruled him out. They ruled him out. Yeah, on the back. And I wonder if they thought, I wonder if they thought, it's crossed my mind over the years, did he leak... The everyone thought pitches. Richmond and were thought, we being used as a stooge. Richmond thought that the dusty leaked it. I've seen the GWS thought Richmond had leaked it. So everyone we, thought everyone we can rule that out because you and I were the ones behind well, it. I'll tell you point blank. Neither party. I can't claim it. I was just I was just uh, privy to information you had, and and I don't know where you got it from. I never did, but that was that was one of the mind you for every one of those. How many other times when either you or myself or me, same information in terms of a potential story, you're there the whole entire day and the bike doesn't even come to the airport. Yep. I mean, we, we did that before too. Didn't we? Yeah. You get there at 5am and you'd still be there at 5pm and he hasn't come through or you've missed him. I think, anyway. I we, think the, I look back at the... Is that your best one? Even though you didn't, weren't part of that one? Oh, no, you did, didn't you have Chris Judd on the tour too, didn't you? When he came back from... Didn't you have him... I got him at every club. You got him at Carlton at... I got Ra- Sheedy's interview you at, at Raheen? Sheedy's interview at Melbourne. <laughs> I got him at Raheen. <laughs> I got uh, Rod Butters and the four St. Kilda senior players boarding a plane secretly to get blight. The that was, fishing expedition. Yeah. yeah, to get blight. Are you going to catch a fish? We're going to catch a big fish. <laughs> <laughs> Did you give him we're that going, line? We're going at, uh, Did you give him that line? No. Hey, hey Rod, I'm going to come up to you. I'm going to ask you fishing, a, a fishing uh, no, loaded he question. Said we're going away for a touch of fishing, and I said, are you going to catch a big fish? And he just thought about it for a minute, and he said, we're going to catch a very big fish. It's a great TV grab, wasn't it? <laughs> the good old days, Hutchie. You had two ways of answering that. Uh, we've just lost the last 15 yeah, minutes of this show. There, yeah, we? war stories. <laughs> All right. Um, that was the question of the we week. We're like a couple of broken down hacks that can't do it anymore. So I don't want to do it, but we just dying out. How much of how bad we're going to be when we're 70? Remember that time? <laughs> <laughs> You've got better, I must admit. You, you were going through a phase there where you were telling a war story. Um, yep. around this office, and we had to pull you up. We had to pull you up. Uh, you pa- got better. Pagan job at Carlton was among the best. I remember that one. I was still at the Herald Sun, and you managed to get a camera into another building opposite. <laughs> oh, was that yeah. Collins Street? Yeah. And you somehow had vision of Pagan talking to John Elliott when Pagan was still coach of North. Came down at five fifty six, John, <laughs> and he said. <laughs> Yeah. It's true that we've met Dennis upstairs. Oh, so you then got him on camera. Yeah. <laughs> Wayne Britton's our coach. We've offered Dennis the job. If he wants the job, Dennis will be coaching Carlton. If he doesn't, we're going to stay with Wayne Britton. <laughs> <laughs> that was the grab in the news off the top at six. Can you believe that? He actually said that. Yeah, was, I don't remember that, that bit. I remember, I remember the vision, which explosive. was enough. Yeah. yeah. Explosive. It was only a week after I'd... It doesn't yeah. happen that way anymore, does it? Oh. <laughs> well, you reckon it does. It's just... It doesn't. Um, all right. Well, I think it does. Uh, people just haven't been able to unearth some of them for a while, don't they? But anyway, that was the sounding board. <laughs> you, Are we you done? Off. Yeah, we're done. For drink wise, if you're choosing to doorstop, <laughs> choose to drink wise. 
Thanks for listening to the Sounding Board Podcast with Hutchie and Damo. Tune in for questions tomorrow and to send a question to the boys, email thesoundingboard at sen.com.au, follow the show on Twitter at Sounding Board EP and like the Facebook page. It's all thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Drinkwise.